Welcome back. Dr. Bruce Dury, head of Scotland's Ancestral Tourism Steering Group, and amongst the many hats that you wear is that of resident genealogist on the BBC Radio Scotland's Digging Up Your Roots. So you really are the perfect person to ask about how someone in Canada can start to dig for their family's Scottish roots. Where should they start? The best place to start, actually, is a website called AncestralScotland.com, uh, which will give you uh, links into the various resources that are online uh, where you can start um, unearthing, is that is the best word, your, your family history. <laughs> I, I had a go on that uh, just the other day, and it really is it's, it's very, uh, very simple to use and very effective. We're very fortunate in Scotland, as we were saying earlier, that so many of our records have been well-preserved, well-kept, and so many have been put online. So it's actually easier to research your roots in Scotland than almost anywhere else on the planet. Now, why is this? Why is Scotland's records you know, so unrivaled in that respect? Um, well, one is that we have a tradition of writing everything down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, seriously, there, there are, for example, the records of the Scottish Parliament are available free online right back to the 1100s, up to 1707. They're all there and you can get to them. Uh, but also we've, we've, we've taken a pride in making sure that all of this is available. There are records you can unearth in Scotland very easily that you simply couldn't get in England, for example. And of course the, the latest census data from 100 years ago is, is coming online as we speak. The 1911 census, that, that's a fascinating piece of work. It's interesting to uh, now to be able to go back and see how, how our ancestors were living at that time. And the, the 1911 census is particularly fun because it contains within it a thing called the fertility census. <laughs> they asked married women uh, three questions. How many years have you been in this marriage? How many children have been born in this marriage? And how many are still alive? Now, what they were collecting was, was the information on infant mortality, but fabulous for genealogists to know yeah. the length of the marriage and the number of children involved. So it is getting easier and easier, in fact, for, for Canadians to trace their Scottish heritage. Yes, you can do most of it from your, from your office desk, you know, your back bedroom, your laptop, and then once you know the answer, come and visit us and dig out the rest of the stuff. And that really is the two stages, isn't it? D yeah. To do the preparation here in Canada before you go, and then plan your trip to, uh, to Scotland around all of the, the destinations that have family connections. Yes, I mean, always start with uh, scotlandspeople.gov.uk, which is our official uh, General Register Office, National Archives of Scotland website, which has birth money, death and censuses. And that's a, that, that's a pay-as-you-go service. But there are so many free resources out there. Uh, the one that nobody seems to know about, and I'm a big fan of it, is scotlandsplaces.gov.uk, where you can research the history of a place. Uh, the National Library of Scotland's website uh, has wonderful set of resources all digitised, including thousands of maps right back to the 1500s. And there are so many other things you can look up to, but start with ancestralscotland.com, which will give you the lead-in to all these wonderful resources. That's great. Now, we'll put all of these websites uh, on the notes for the Travel Show, on the Travel Show website, so people can refer to that. The Scotland's People Centre, of course, can play a key role in, in the whole search that Canadians have for their roots. Uh, yeah, that, that's the physical manifestation, if you like, of the scotlandspeople.gov.uk uh, website. And uh, now the General Register Office for Scotland and the National Archives of Scotland have merged. And Scotland's People Centre is where you can go and do this on the computers there and get help from the, um, the, the, the people who, who work in there. And then you can nip upstairs and see some of the records that aren't online at the National Archives. Archives. You can dig out land records and uh, court records and all these things. I, I love this kind of stuff. Where, whereabouts is this? In right in the centre of Edinburgh. You step oh. out of Waverley Station and it's across the road. It couldn't be more convenient.
Perfect. Now, let's say I've, I've found some details of my family's Scottish background, assuming, of course, I haven't come across any <laughs> skeletons in the Scottish cupboards that I want to leave unearthed. What sort of genealogical experiences can I plan on my trip to Scotland? How can we literally walk in the footsteps of our ancestors? Well, first of all, Chris, what's wrong with skeletons? You know, <laughs> I think everybody wants to find a highwayman and a sheep stealer in somewhere in the background. <laughs> it's, it's all colour, isn't it? Um, once you know where the family has come from, and the best place to start with that is a census, actually. We can get the censuses right back to 1841 so you know where your people lived and actually the conditions in which they lived once you know that start researching the place uh, find out what it was like back in the old days work out the addresses where everybody was and then you can go and stand there if the building is still there you can see it and if it's not you can stand where it was I did come across a group of uh, they were Canadians actually um, in Glasgow where, where I work and they were standing in a car park uh, <laughs> why? Looking around because that is where the the house had been of their ancestors who migrated to Canada. It wasn't there anymore, but they were delighted to be standing in the supermarket car park saying, "Great Granny lived here." <laughs> <laughs> and that's what it's all about, isn't it? It is such a personal journey for Canadians tracing their roots. Indeed, and they were able to look around and see what what it, what was uh, still there from that period. And then they went to the local churchyard, visited the the, the gravestones, and did all those things. Well, this is going to be fascinating, I'm sure, for so many of our listeners. Uh, before we leave you, though, I, I know we were having this little discussion off air, and you teased me with the, uh, the whole idea of Hogmanay and why Hogmanay is so popular in Scotland. Oh, right. Well, um, here we go. Up until 1752, New Year's Day was the 25th of March. Really? Yep, almost everywhere. And it wasn't until the change uh, to the Gregorian calendar in 1752 that it was moved to the 1st of January, except in Scotland, which had been celebrating New Year on the 1st of January since 1600. So there was this 150 years where Scotland was celebrating Hogmanay and England wasn't. And that's how we got the reputation for the Hogmanay celebration. It's that simple. So you're 150 years ahead of the rest of us. Absolutely right. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Dr. Bruce Dury, head of Scotland's Ancestral Tourism Steering Group, for sharing some of your secrets with the travel show today. Please enjoy the rest of your time here in Canada. Thanks.